Hello, David. Hello, sir. How are you? This good um, Wednesday morning. Goodness, we had to work out the day then. That's not a good start, is it? Unusual, isn't it, for us to do it on a Wednesday? It certainly is, but podcasts need to be made. You know, that's the uh, the lifeblood of um, modern digital culture these days. Without podcasts, you know, it's like taking oxygen away from the common man and woman. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> um... Random Movie Generator. Could you sum it up, David, in three words? Three words. um, Robot love uh, celluloid. Or Random Movie Generator, I suppose. Yeah, just Random Movie Generator. They're the three words. Keep to the title. Don't go off the road. Could you sum this, for any new listeners, could you sum it up, though, briefly, concisely? What's this pod about? Um, Two guys, two chaps, uh, chewing the celluloid cinematic fat. You know, getting having a, a cinematic chat, and um, uh, near the end, our um, uh, robot—I was going to call her a cyborg. Oh no, sorry, that's not good, is it? I'm not pitching it well. Uh, yeah. She randomly generates a film from the ether of cinema history that I have to review each week. Beautiful. How are there you, go. David? Good, fighting fit. Like I've just come out the gym. Have you? Um, do you feel nourished? You cinema cinematically, cinematically nourished. Um, do you know the last film I saw, John Wick Four? I saw it in the cinema, and um, well, do you know the people love it. I don't know any. I was talking to a fifty-five-year-old woman yesterday who's who was um, who? Who's that? Um, uh, she was looking after my feet. I've got very wide feet, and I, I suppose it's a pedicure or whatever you call it. And um, she was. How do you shaped- know she's fifty-five? Uh, I don't actually. I think she told me her birthday was coming, and I, I've sort of just guessed. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. I think I just sort of guessed. I just chucked a like chucking a dart, a, a dartboard with a blindfold on. You're fifty five, and that's the narrative in my head. Type what of thing. How old she was? Um, I think she's. I'd, I'd say definitely in her fifties. Type of thing, and um, she bloody loved John Wick Four absolutely love she wouldn't stop banging on about it after a while it's like you know do you want to focus on my feet please and get rid of that corn and stop talking about keanu reeves oh really i think i'm the only man in britain i, I thought know. you would have loved having a little cinema chat with uh, i did at the woman. beginning and i was like oh okay we'll have a bit of john wick chitter chatter as you're you know uh clipping my, my, my massive horn nails type of thing and um after a while it was just your like, massive oh. horn nails yeah, I mean they're not that bad type of thing, but they Which are slightly horn up, nails. Um, sort of big, thick, very much like um, something you'd find in a cave type of thing. Um, but in actual fact, they're more like kind of pterodactyl claws because as my feet have never fitted into a pair of trainers, they've kind of rounded around the front like a sort right. of beetle's bumper of a car type of thing. Right. It's got that kind of vibe. Anyway, she liked John Wick. And I mean, I, I I liked elements of John Wick too. It's two hours and forty minutes. Um, the, the fighting becomes very repetitive. And don't get me wrong, you get a lot of long shots without any editing. So Who is John Wick? I I've heard of John Wick. What is he? John Wick is uh, played by Keanu Reeves, and he is a deadly assassin. In the first film, his wife passes away, but before she dies, she gives John a dog. And the dog keeps John alive because he considers committing suicide when the, when the wife dies. But he, with this dog left by his wife, he's going to look after it. And, some, um, and he's given up being an assassin. And they break into his flat and they're looking for something. 
and through just pure bloody um, nastiness, they kill his dog. And that just turns him upside down. And then he goes on a Kill Bill-esque, Death Wish-esque uh, revenge spree and goes into like clubs and starts uh, beating up Russian mafia people with strobe lighting on. So it's zero plot, but it's directed by the stunt coordinators who did the Matrix trilogy. And it's seen as a very cutting edge film within the action genre. And that was a middle, middle range budget, about an hour and a half, the first one. The, the fourth one, far larger budget, and it's two hours and 40 minutes. Two hours 40? Sort of like Schindler's List, Ben-Hur duration. And um, the plot That's is... up there with Pete's dra- Dragon. I know. Hey, oh, David. Did I tell you this? I interviewed Edith Bauman last week. Oh, my goodness. She's a film soundtrack. She's went into her films, didn't she? Edith Bauman, I'd be interested to hear that. You would, because we talk about the time she spoke to Spielberg on Zoom. Oh, my God. Why did she speak to Spielberg? Because for her podcast. Oh my goodness, he doesn't do many podcasts, and she was there for Fable. Is that coming out? That Spielberg interview. Yeah, I think it's out. So she was talking about how she was feeling as kind of Zoom was loading up, and then suddenly he appears, chatting to you. God, I'll have to check that out. My fingers are getting itchy now for my mobile phone to find it because I've forgotten all about her show. Do you know what she said? Um, the interview finished. He, he obviously disappears. She spoke to Spielberg. She went downstairs and the husband and children said, how'd it go? She just burst into tears. Oh, my God. Quite amazing. Did you cry? Do you know what? You never sort of know, do you? No, what what you your don't. actual reaction? Because sometimes you feel like a bit of a robot. Sometimes these, what you think are going to be life-affirming moments, you realise that, well, yeah, all right, I had a chat with him. He, you know, he's a six-year-old bloke. He's doing his thing. He's probably going to chat to another journalist now. And that kind of um, self-sabotage, make everything mundane, adult part of your brain takes over. What if you cried? What if I got Spielberg on here and you cried? Oh, God, I hope I wouldn't cry. Um, can we try it now? So Spielberg appears. Hey, David. And and can you just really try and imagine you're trying to... This is, this is you crying. Hey, David. Nice to meet you. Oh. Oh. Is everything all right? No, it's, I don't think it is. This is... I just feel as though... Sounds like you're acting. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. Let me... Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm sure I could... Uh, the well is a lot deeper. I've just got to um, dig Let's deep. try it again. Hey, David. Nice to meet you. Absolute pleasure to come on your podcast. Well, for me, this is... Uh, this is more than a pleasure. It's kind of a... Uh, uh, a sort of chapter in my life. And um, sorry, I didn't expect I was going to be this overcome, really, by... Uh, oh, is everything Okay. No, I don't think it is. I think you're going to have to give me a f- few seconds just to kind of get things together. And uh, Can you really uh, start crying, David? I'm trying. I'm trying to push something out of the, the tear ducts, but it's... Uh, what about if you really... Well, you don't have to, re- but really... <laughs> oh, is all... everything okay, David? <sighs> Not really. Did you ever watch E.T., David? Yes, a lot. 
many a times it's like burnt on my retinas and to see the creator of that film in front did of me like et did you feel let down by et like is not the word likes not the word you know it's it, it handed me epiphanies of my life and you know i think it, it's it was it's the compass that's taken me through many a dark time what do you mean david uh, I don't know, finding myself alone in bed sits, I don't know, in restaurants waiting for dates not turning up. I just look back at those bicycles going up into the sky with that moon in the background. And it's just, um, it fills me with hope, you know. So you are my maker in many ways. You've created my psychology. Hey, Mr. Spielberg's gone. I didn't even get to look up and look at him in the <laughs> eye. <laughs> Imagine that, he disappeared. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He'd love that. He'd love it meant so much to you. It's got to be said, when I listen to Spielberg on interviews, he really is the um, the master of PR, isn't he? Um, he does switch on a certain gear, and it's ooh, always... Ooh, I know. David, no, what are you saying? Claws come <laughs> out, don't they? <laughs> what are you saying? I would say that I... Um, I got really excited when he was on Desert Island Discs and I was like, oh, here we go, get rid of Rumble. He's never really done a podcast. And it's the, it's the same anecdotes. I've heard them all before. I, don't get me wrong, I'm a massive Spielberg fan. But um, I think he's. I think that's why he's been around for so long is that he's very good at being in PR mode. Do you know what I mean? And um, he's not one of these people who wants to buck the trend. I'm trying to think of another director like a William Friedkin or a Paul Schrader who are politically very incorrect. But I mean, having said that, if you look at the Spielberg HBO documentary, it's very thorough on him. He he has got that Frank Capra American dream. You know, you do get the idea that it's not a lie. He does have that idealism. But um, careful what you say, because I'd love him to come on the pod. He's a human. Oh, being. I know. I know for crying out loud. It's so I think you're trying to stones. turn him into a monster to deal with the fact that actually he might be a lovely, lovely man and you'll never get to meet him. So the way you're dealing with this whole scenario is to turn him into a monster. Well, that's an elephant-sized reality pill you just handed me. <laughs> I think it's stuck it's stuck in the middle of the throat right now. Don't worry, a few little I've got some Ribena here. I better uh, swallow that. There's probably a lot of truth there. Everyone wants to drag down their heroes. Yeah. Dragging down to Edwards scale. You can't bring your Oscars in Edwardsville. You have to leave them outside, unfortunately. But you have a sit next to me on the uh on on the couch watching, you know, UK Golden Repeat Steve. David Edwards David, have we got any movie news this week? It's shifting me out of that dark light there very quickly, which I think is very wise. Um, I've got a lot of time for Spielberg, though. No, 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 no. Um, movie, movie news. Talking of Keanu Reeves, re- he's done a lot of interviews promoting John Wick's 4. And one thing he said that was really interesting, he brought it up twice, and it's created lots of kind of like articles in The Hollywood Reporter and Variety, is that he's now introduced a new clause in his contract which stopped any CGI um, tinkering of his face because that's becoming bigger and bigger in films. He didn't reveal the film, but there's a very recent film where they added a teardrop to his eye. And he said to the producer, I didn't do that. That wasn't my option as an actor. And they were like, oh, Keanu, we thought it'd be good. We thought it would add drama to it. And Roger Deakin, the cinematographer, got annoyed 
Where, from, um, Dart- from Dartmouth, David. Yeah, absolutely. Kingswear, Captain, from just abs- down the road. I went to Kingswear about two weeks ago. Had a look the, for Mr. Deakins. Well, you want to hunt around for him because that is a cinematography. Well, that is. Well, there's some lovely houses over there, David. And I'm sure he's got one of them. Because, I mean, his IMDb is just like, he's probably the Spielberg of cinematographers. How are you going to drag down Deakins, David? Oh, easily. <laughs> I've got Stephen down there tied up next to George. So, you know, don't worry about that. Yeah. I'll soon get him down here with me. And Sorry, going to back to uh, Keanu. That was interesting. Yes. And, and also Deacon um, got annoyed because some of his cinematography was redone with virtual cinematography. Um, it was done a while ago, actually. It was on one of the Coen Brothers films. But they, All these they youngsters that. meddling with their computers. Oh, absolutely. With their Unreal Engine. Why don't they movies. fuck off? App- well said. Well said. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Leave Spielberg alone. Let's just deal with the kids. Simple as that. Um, God, there's loads of movie news, actually. They have to remind there's something else really interesting about the kids. We'll come to that in a, a second, sort of thing. But um, uh, finishing off with the, um, the Keanu Reeves thing, it's just this real paranoia with artificial intelligence now that you can basically... Um, well, they did it with Tom Cruise in Top Gun Maverick is being revealed because it's like a dark science. So these special effects workers are kept out of the limelight but um, Tom Cruise had certain parts of his face digitized using AI throughout Top Gun Maverick. So it'd be like a birthmark. Well, it's, it's crow feet primarily around the eyes. And the, the AI will search for it in the entire film and then just change it. So instead of having to do it every frame, and, and that's written into people's contracts as well. I spoke to someone actually who did special effects for Marvel. And um, not yeah, just Marvel, the comic book people, and they say it's a, it's a nightmare to do the special effects for them because they um, they suddenly want changes because of what the tar- what the audience research are saying. But they've got to so basically, you get audiences in giving you feedback. You can't miss the deadline of when it's actually released because um, shareholders want to have a big cinema release, particularly in, uh, during the May Bank Holiday in America. But they want to have changes at the last minute to meet audience expectations. And um, if you don't do them, they'll say, right, we won't give you the next Marvel contract. They're really, because Marvel dominate the entire industry. So, you know, families have been ripped apart. Holidays have been cancelled. Ulcers have been given. That's lovely. Families have been ripped apart. Holidays have been cancelled and ulcers have been given. I think that's literally a quote from the from the article, actually. Oh, really? The, I was going to say, that should be the title of your new book. God, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure I've got some ulcers on the way. Flipping it. And it's all about what the neighbours think of me. Absolute disaster. Yeah, I don't like the way it's going, David. I don't like the way it's going. But I'm no doubt, no doubt I'm an old grumpy man who doesn't like change. Well, uh, talking of kids, very, very briefly, um, but this is an interesting one. Uh, There's two big horror films coming out next year, and they're directed by two very young females in their early 20s. And um, there's a lot of uh, politics going on in the moment in Hollywood about these young women who have been um, given these big uh, opportunities because they both come from uh, well-written novels. And one of them is Spielberg's daughter, and the other one is M. Night Shyamalan's daughter. And it's very, they're called Nepo Babies, they're calling them on Twitter. Ben Stiller's gone in like the White Knight, because obviously his parents were famous comedy actors. And uh, he's saying, you know, nepotism only gets you so far, you've got to be talented as well. 
But um, apparently Spielberg's daughter um, made a short film. So people are saying, you know, she can direct. But it was co-written by Stephen King's son. And it starred one of Sean Penn's sons. And it's just... Um, and now she's got this big this big film she's going to be making. How does that make you feel? Um, pissed off? It's pissed off, but also uh, the expectation will be enormous. I mean, to be spilled, I mean, M. Night Shyamalan's one thing, to be to, to come from the, uh, just one of Spielberg's tadpoles, you know, probably holding a clapperboard whilst impregnating the egg. Do you know what I mean? Action. How do you, how do you, is it, how do you pronounce his name? Name, M. Night Shymalian? Shymalian. If you get it wrong in an actual interview, he gets very grumpy. Oh, yeah, oh, he's not happy. You know, you need to uh, respect is it, my is heritage. Is it on YouTube, him getting grumpy? Um, no, I've read it in articles. Um, M. Night sighs and quickly says under his breath, "My, you, you, uh, the why is silent or something like that, you know is M. Night Shyamalan ding-dongs unbreakable, which I actually think... You seem to have this... M. Night Shyamalan ding-dong. That's a bit uh, inappropriate. Uh, Louis Anderson, your name came up again. Uh, can I call you Knight, by the way? Yeah, please. I heard Bryce call you Knight. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Knight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had a little attitude. You can't say it like that. Yeah, you yeah, could right. have more affection. You okay, say, I yeah. think I was exercising my privilege. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Night, um, Louis Anderson yeah, came, but that was better. That was, okay. that, was sweet. that was sweet. That was friend right there. And, and we told him you were coming. Uh, we told him uh, um, James was coming as well. And we were bragging, basically, that you guys were going to be here. And Louis just had an interesting perspective about your name and your work, too. Okay. You have that name. It's mispronounced your whole life. Can I get an Your table's ready, Angela. Ding dong. I'm shining a lot. You are a really a great filmmaker. This is making me feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know what the ding dong's all about. That's a bit um, <clears throat> inappropriate. But he's on. He seems to be going with it, doesn't he? With the yeah, interview. he was. He was sort of Who going were with they? It. Whose podcast was that? <clears throat> it's very strange. Some podcast dudes. Yeah. So I mean, um, the whole um, nepo baby thing is. Um, is definitely something that's uh, well. They're just being put. In I a love board. how we sort of drifted off. Then we just sort of. Oh, I completely did. I was just listening to the podcast. I wasn't on a it's podcast. Same here. Anymore. I was thinking about oh, him. You were talking about Nepo Bay. Oh, right. We're back to that again. I was just. We're sort of miles away then, weren't we? In the podcast. Oh God, I was just completely gone. I mean, there's so much content now. My brain just can't keep up with we it. We do produce a lot of content. Way too much. <laughs> I don't know why we feel as though we need to add content to it. There's more than enough there. Uh, DDD PPP is written uh, for everyone watching. By the way, the people watching live, welcome, welcome everyone. DDD PPP is written David Ding Dong Edwards. Absolutely, <laughs> chuck a ding dong in there. That means I'm uh, I'm sat alongside directors of the great cinematic visions. Yeah. Thank you, David, for this week's movie news. Perfect. So one thing I will say to people checking no, out. that's the end. That's the end, absolutely. No, no, <laughs> oh, I'll be very, very quick. The yeah. Barbie trailer's very interesting. Oh. So what is Jamie going... in that? Jamie Dimitri. Is. Jamie Dimitri's name comes up in the credits at the end. And it's by Greta Gerwig, who's a real auteur indie director. And it's Noah Baumbach, her partner, who's also, you know, um, 
he was nominated for the marriage story uh, uh squid in the well they're more sundance indie directors but they've been given this big um ip by mattel the, the kids company you know the, the toy company and um it could be like a next sort of lord and miller-esque lego movie you know they haven't been lazy with the adaption at all they're obviously doing something self-aware and ironic and when you look at the trailer you're like where are we going with this this is it's margot robbie and ryan gosling and they're obviously being quite experimental with it they're doing something quite new i was almost hoping they were going to try and do something a bit with the mario film with that you know that's out this are your kids interested in that that's going to be massive don't know. I, I, I haven't even thought about it, don't I? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. It's Sorry, not I haven't given you much there. No, good grief, you know. Sorry. A, a man in his 40s has Do you know what? As soon as you said Mario. Barbie, I turned off. Well, I would be turned off as well. Do you know what I mean? But then you look at it, and it's just like, they're obviously trying something a bit interesting here. Okay. It, it'll either Fair work, enough. or it'll just be completely nuts. I think it could be a Lord and Miller S. I just feel tired with everything, David. What? What? Can you give me a specific element that's come across? It's life. Do you, do you think it's all just become like a self-aware postmodern? Well, <laughs> one thing is that they're saying with um, linking with film, so how yeah. it's, it's become so like Barbie-esque is there's so many films out at the moment. Um, which are just about the marketing brands, like the creation of products. But there's a film about the making of Tetris. There's a film about the making of Nike Air Jordan. There's a film about making of Blueberry phones and Cheetos crisps. Isn't it no isn't life noisy? I, ju I just fancy going, <laughs> you said Cheetos crisps. I mean, it's I insane. fancy fucking <laughs> off to an island somewhere in the middle of nowhere and saying goodbye to Cheetos crisps. It's incredibly noisy. Yeah. I have anxiety. And we're attacks. adding to the noise. I know. Yeah, it's just like just like large, cr loud crows on a nest, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Just like, Wah! hear me, hear me. I'm not even saying anything. Wah! Wah! Yeah, it's literally like Wah! that. And other people are going, "Hey, I'm gonna download the crows on the nest." Who are they? Oh, oh they do this podcast. Wah! Wah! Just in case, just in case. I think also they, they do an extra bit for Patreon, actually. Do they? Oh, oh my! Literally a Patreon scream in your earballs, earballs, earbuds. No, it's not. It's the first no. one. Ear something, ear canal. Call it that. David, was... thank you so much for this week's movie news. You are right, though. It's just like turn the volume down. That'll be the name of our album, I think. Ironic, turn the volume down, but sort of poetic, but ironic. <sighs> Who gives a damn for crying out loud? Barbie the film. I based my whole life around that. I just shuffle out the cinema covered in like popcorn dust, thinking, what was that about? Oxide blondes making ironic postmodern jokes. Okay. I can't wait for this fucking old, old thing to turn off. Right, what, the internet? <laughs> no, I mean, just life. You don't really mean that, no, do you? Goodness me. <laughs> I mean, I, I relate to what you're saying. Flipping it heck. It would be I, nice to have a little breather. Absolutely. Well, like, um, what, like in the film Alien, when they go to sleep for a few months. Cybo exactly. Let's hibernate and come back and have a bit more... <laughs> right, anyway, thank you yeah, so much you for mean. this week's movie news, David. Not a problem. I hope it helps people through life. They're consumer choices. I don't mean that purely in a sort of sarcastic manner.
David Edwards Movie Review. So, this week's movie review. What are you reviewing? Is this a traveling pants? It, yes, it is. Wow. Now, what was the film again? Uh, it's called The Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants. I've got my... Yeah, The Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants. Um, a surprisingly earnest uh, film. The Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants follows four best friends as they try on adulthood. And David, I is- edited last week's episode yesterday. And when this came up, you sounded gutted. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, where do I start with this one? It's a, It's a... It really was. I think last week, well, it depends which ones are, are, are played, but um, I reviewed a science fiction film in a previous podcast. and Prospect. I was saying, Prospect, and I was saying how that I was a perfect audience. This is just like, um, if um, if the sisterhood is cheese, I am chalk, unfortunately. It really, um, it's a very specific, this feels like, a, I don't know if it got a cinema release or if it was straight to a video streaming service, but it feels like it's for a very niche audience, and that is teenage girls, big time. I mean, um, the, it, what's it's, it about? So, a group of lifelong girlfriends, each about to start a journey um, without the others close by, and make a pact of a magical, not literally magical, pair of jeans that they somehow all fit into perfectly by mailing the pants to each other after each week with a letter describing their life in them. So, they've got it split up during the summer. One of them goes to Greece, another one goes to a football camp, another one stays at home and works in a supermarket and makes a film. Another one um, visits her dad, who's now divorced from her mother because he's getting remarried. And they all have coming-of-age situations. But the, the thing I can't get my head around is they mail these genes to each other. And I, when I was watching it, I thought, have I confused this? Have they just bought four pairs of similar genes? But no, they've mailed the genes to each other, and I couldn't really get my head around that, and that's the main plot. I would say the uh, young teenage performers are very good, very bubbly and wholesome, um, but the, the plot and the, um, and the storylines and the, and the messages... What's it are, called again? Sorry, The Sisterhood the of Sisterhood the Travelling Pants. The Sisterhood of Travelling Pants. So let's, have a, let's have a little listen. Absolutely. To the sister, a little bit of The Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants. I'm sorry. I don't speak Greek very well. Well, I have to work on that, won't we? Thanks for lending me a shirt. Looks good on you. <laughs> sorry if it smells like fish. Your boat? My grandfather's. Mm. Yeah. All the ones with the blue flags are his. Do you work for him? Oh, just in the summer. <laughs> I go to the university in Athens. Yeah. <laughs> Costas Dunas. Lena Kilgaris. Lena Kilgaris. Then you are Greek too, eh? Mm-hmm. So how do you um, know English so well? Well, I lived with my parents in Chicago until I was 12. Oh, my parents moved to the U.S. too. But I'm here for the summer. I'm staying with my grandparents. 
I, I have to throw the small ones back. Would you like to help? Um, no. That's okay. <laughs> no. Oh, okay, here, I'll show you. Give me your hand. Uh, um... Put your hand on my hand. Put your hand. There's... <laughs> Good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luck was on his side today. I have to go. I should go. But, uh, thank you again for saving my life. <laughs> Do you dance better than you swim? Uh, excuse me? Saturday night. Meet me. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I can't. Okay. That sounds like proper homework. Oh, massively. I mean, don't get me wrong, there were some good bits. I mean, the cinematography in places is nice, especially when they're in Greece. I was like, blimey, this isn't cheap. They put money into this. I would say the performances are good, but I would say the storyline and the message is very cliched. It's all about, you know, um, adults having to allow their child's children to grow up, or it's a case of being a fish out of water in a foreign setting, uh, first romances, things in that vein. Um, and also, because you're looking at these four different stories, there wasn't really long enough for them to be have a decent character arc. But I don't think, you know, it's not that sort of film anyway. It was at 119 minutes, which I guess is like two hours, which it could have been an hour and a half. I always bang on about that. But um, How many sittings? That's what we're all thinking. Oh, I've, I've written that down. Six. Fuck. Oh, it just was very cliched. Do you know six, what I mean? Sitting. Six. Six sittings. 119 divided by six equals 19 minutes a sitting. Yeah, I guess it would be like an episode, like a Disney Channel episode type of thing. I remember I drank too much Ovaltine and I still needed to go to Wee in the night because I drank, I had too many coffee breaks. Is Ovaltine like Horlicks? Yes, it is. It's like I've got um, chocolate Ovaltine and it's bloody delicious. It really is. It's very what do you, How do you make chocolate Ovaltine? Is it just water or do you add warm milk? Um, you could add warm milk. I don't. Uh, you're supposed to just put in two large heaps, as they call it. Do you, go, do you put an extra... Oh, in one in the mug and sometimes in my mouth. You just eat it. Yeah, and it, it expands. You know what? I sometimes do that with the Horlicks. Oh, God, it's just... So I'll go heaped, heap spoons and then... And then it kind of expands in your mouth. Oh, yeah, God, all the time. All the time. And um, then I put uh, way too many saccharines in and, and sometimes a bit of sugar as well. So it's just like a complete, like like I'm Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. Do you remember when he, he just becomes obsessed by sugar and sweet things as he's trying to chat up Gina Davis and get her to get into the teleport booth with him? David, I, what I would give to spend 30 minutes with you talking about Ovaltine we have to do an extra app oh absolutely the, the sweeties anyway so okay so you know what I love about um, sweeties I'll be really quick Is, I'll be very quick about this you can edit this yeah, out no you don't I shouldn't really um, did you whisper it into the mic yeah because it's a bit dodgy I love it when I um, I'm in I like it when I'm around someone else's kitchen and I take their sweeties which is a terrible thing to say I wouldn't steal anyone's sweeties 
but it's like um, I go around my dad's kitchen and, um, you know, I'll take five heaps of Horlicks and put two in my mouth whilst I'm chatting to him because he's in the lounge talking about his latest chair, church meeting or whatever. And uh, God, you know, theftery really adds to the sweet element, doesn't it? Do you steal sweets from people's houses? No, I don't. I would never actually steal an entire Toberone. I'd only... Would you... Hang on a minute. If you came round to mine, genuinely, and I left you in the kitchen, and there was a Toberone there, opened, and it was sort of... The chocolate was kind of unwrapped. Would you consider snapping a bit off? No, what I would do is, the situation I would do is, if you said to me, oh, um, help yourself to a biscuit, Dave. Um, so I've been given um, verbal contract that I can have a biscuit. When you'd left the kitchen, I would go and have another one. It'd be like that sort of situation. And I might have two. Do you know what I mean? Simple as that. So that's what would happen. It'd be that kind of theft. I wouldn't actually, it'd be like, um, yeah, have a biscuit type of thing. And... Um, uh, you'd see me consume one, and then when your back was turned, I'd definitely take another one. So there is an element of theftery. I wouldn't definitely. It is depends. that a word, theftery? Uh, no, I think I've sort of added to that. I've, you know, um, does that make you look at me in, in a dark light now? Um, I think over the last eight months, it's been a, like a progression of me looking at you in a dark light. Dear me, there we go. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good to know. Truth, best friend, best critic. It's all. It's all there. Do you know what I mean? You can lay out the truth. No, I'm. I'm the same. I, I used to eat rivetas around someone's house, and I used a little bit more butter than I normally would when I was oh, around absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely love it. And my dad's got some. You know, I don't know. He must have a good pension or whatever because he's got some real uh, little gems, like um, really sweet chocolate milk. And I love that. Flipping it. What you should definitely do is get yourself a big old glass of chocolate milk and then um, chuck some whiskey in it. And that really is just, um, I know it's terrible. I sometimes do that and I always regret it. Because I've, I've, I've never had whiskey. How do you mean? So I've never, never had whiskey. You've never drunk whiskey? No. What, do you think you're allergic to it? Or? No, I just feel like I wouldn't like it. Oh, I'd never like it. I, I, I've got the taste buds of a three-year-old. That's why I've got to have a, a real milk. Hit. Oh, massively. You have and whiskey you... with chocolate milk. Yeah, I do. It's really nice. And I chuck some sugar in it as well. Well, if you were to sell that drink, what would you call it? Whisklet. Chocolate. Something like that. And this is why I don't work for Saatchi and Saatchi. I like that. Look. Could I have a little bottle of whisklet? <laughs> Whisklet, please. Got some Chotsky, please. Chotsky. Chotsky. Whiskey. Listen, Chotsky. this is a film podcast. Yes, yeah, sorry about this. Out. It's terrible. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. That's just ridiculous. I took us off track. I really did go off track then. I wasn't on a podcast at all. It was like we were just chatting at the beginning. Oh, sorry. So mate. The, the give you editing the to do. Sorry about underwear. that. You have to edit that. <laughs> sorry about that. No, no. Why are you Ridiculous. so sorry? Well, it's just insane. <laughs> I mean, you know, Mayo and Kermo wouldn't do that. Well, we're not Mayo and Kermo. No, I guess I need to realise that I'm just I'm 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 lowering the crow hierarchy. 
chasing a coke can around you know the platform you're lower in the crow hierarchy right yeah brotherhood of the sisters (laughs) sorry um what are they called the journey right here we go Uh, right so you didn't like the film let's get on with it so how many chalk ices out of five are you gonna give the sisterhood of the traveling ants it's got to be one i found it you know the performances were good i think it's for the young actresses i didn't have any problems with them i thought the cinematography was very did it good. go down all right well what were the reviews well, the, yeah, the, review. the reviews are okay i do always look at it afterwards the one went, it wasn't for me it's like john wick it's like um don't get me wrong, it's impressive. The cinematography is amazing. It's amazing what Keanu Reeves has done. Although his acting is very wooden in John Wick. I would have thought he'd better pull off a bit of performance. Do you know, can I just read this, though? So I think you'll like this. Um, from Jeff Dale. I saw it in the... Oh, bollocks, can't see it now. Um, on your recommendation, he watched Prospect and was not disappointed. I'm glad. I think it was Jeff Dale. Prospect, watch that based on David's five chalk ices, was not disappointed. Great watch. Oh, that's good to hear. That, that's a real um, good to hear. But the travelling pants, not so much. Well, if you're a teenage girl, different gender, totally different era of life, I'm sure it'd be, you know, because the girls are very likeable. You know, they're very well performed and the cinematography is very bright and lots of, you know, good production design. So there's a lot there to like, but it's just like... Um, it was like a McDonald's meal. Do you know what I mean? It was just very empty at the end of the day. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's movie review. Not at all, not at all, sir. David Edwards Movie Tip. So, have you got any movie tips this week, David? Movie tips? Oh, David, 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 before you crack on, I've yet to watch that link you sent me of Sylvester Sylvester Stallone. I was glad that you're interested in that, because I'm always worried when I send you links. Oh, no, not at all. Oh, so you you do like links. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is... um, Sylvester Stallone is furious and stares down paparazzi. Mm. So David sent this to me on WhatsApp. And I thought this morning, I must watch it, forgot. I thought, why not watch it now? Wonderful. Let's watch okay. it together. So this is kind of like a little movie tip from you, isn't it? Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, this is lovely. Here we go. Here we go. So Stall- Okay, so let people know. Stallone has got out this big black Jeep. He didn't look very happy. But anyway, let's, uh, he's going to see his doctor, I think. Okay. How you doing today, Mr. Stallone? Have a good day, thank you. He's usually very interactive with the paparazzi and he's off to the doctors, so it does worry me if he's found a lump or something. 
Well, even if it's, you know, if it's not that, it's like, give me, oh, give me God, a I minute can, or two. I can relate to that. Do you know just, what I mean? He's just got out of his black cab, uh, Jeep. He's not looking happy. He's wearing like a lovely mauve shirt. Oh, he always looks good. Crossing the, crossing the road, he's completely ignoring the paparazzi. But he looks super fucked off. His reality show should start any week. The Stallones. I mean, to be honest with you, you just caught him on an off day, haven't you? And oh, absolutely! Did you see the other clip I sent you, where it was like um, him being interviewed about the um, Rocky rights? Wait, 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 wait. Um, it was when um, it was about two weeks ago, and I remember um, you were at a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Sorry, I didn't see this. Okay. I loved this is a lovely section movie t- movie links. This is lovely from David Edwards. Oh, okay. absolutely. I'm happy to give you links. Do you kind of like make peace at a certain point? No, or? no you don't. He can't make peace. I mean, that's okay. So this is about uh, rights to Rocky. Yeah. And why he didn't get involved with Creed 3. Okay. Right. Okay. Be realistic here. You can't make peace with someone who's been so nefarious, in my in my opinion, so like horrible. How he got that, I don't know. Which means I have to beg him. That can I do this? Can I do that? Oh yeah, all your sons want to be producers. Sure, that's fine. And the thing is, I don't care about the money. I wanted to leave it to my children. So I can't forgive that. Do you feel like I will, can never watch Creed three? Kind of thing. Never. Like I, Michael B. Jordan, nice guy. The studio is wonderful, but it's just the—it's been such a real rough emotional ride. That's all. Yeah, and it really has. Now, if Michael B. Jordan, we come up with a story, I'll do Creed Four with him mm-hmm. as long as the other fellow is not involved. Right. And the other fellow is Irving Winkler, the uh, the producer. But I think um, Sylvester Stallone did the opposite to Lucas. He just like. Well, I mean, you know, you would do. He sold the rights to MGM, you know. He, he sold the script. So he's never owned Rocky. Do you know what I mean? He's always been, um, you know, a man for hire for it. And, um, you know, he wants... I guess it's like Paul McCartney wanting to buy back some of the Beatle rights from Michael Jackson. Not it's now, sad, obviously. Isn't it sad? I'm looking at him there. He's sort of mid to late 70s now. Why can't he let it go? I know. And also, I'm sure he owns the Expendables, for crying out loud, and that's gone on to... How many, how many more millions does he need, for God's sake? Well, it's not about the money, is it, I guess? Or maybe it is about the money. I mean, he, he did actually Again, start... it's too no- it's too noisy. Isn't life noisy? Oh, it's the crows once again, isn't it? Screeching and blowing up our eardrums, you know what I mean? Left, right and centre. Uh, he was going to write a... Uh, I think we've spoken about this, a TV show for Rocky. Yeah, pre- yeah. I can't well, wait for his reality show to start. I can't. You're going to watch it, aren't you? You're going to watch absolutely it. Absolutely, Paradise. Oh, feed me, feed me. Eyeballs um, glued to the screen. I don't know why he's doing it. It's it's very strange. He doesn't need the money. I think it's his daughter. Well, you keep saying he doesn't need the money. Maybe he does need the money. Well, I mean, when you think about it, um, the, the um, what are you been... eating? Sorry, I apologise. I absolutely <laughs> no. I like terrific. watching people go. Well, I'm the complete opposite. I would literally just put my laptop screen down if you did what that to I me. if I started eating? I'm not, not eating, but I mean, this I'm, is just... I'm about grim. to start eating. Um, are you? Literally, as we speak, as we speak. 
No, I mean, I'm okay with people eating. It's just um, I suddenly found something in my tooth. That's all. Oh, do you not like people eating? Um, I do have a bizarre thing with it. Sorry, there was something... There was something bizarre in my um, in my tooth there, which is not what people want to hear on YouTube for crying out loud. Um, Sorry, I, I'm derailing this terribly. Thank God. No, it's fine. We're later. both derailing it. Sorry for eating, but you know. Um, no, 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 no. Any no, movie tips other than the movie? Right. Link? Okay. Good movie tip here. Documentary. Watched it recently on Film Four. Definitely worth watching. It's an observational fly on the wall documentary called Hoop Dreams. And it's I've heard of that. It's really good. It was made in the 90s. Yeah. And uh, they follow, it's really good. They follow two kids um, who are living um, on the streets. I can't remember what state. I think it's either Chicago or Detroit. And um, they go from them from um, low, um, sort of early years of high school all the way into college as they uh, try and chase their NBA dreams. So it's literally like six years one of them really is living in the ghetto his father constantly leaves the family and comes back he's got drug issues and massive responsibility on these young kids to try and get not just themselves but their family out of impoverishment through uh, the nba dream you loved uh, it oh it's, it's an absolute classic and you can see why it's really very very good you know it's proper fly on the wall observational filmmaking it's from the 90s uh yeah late 90s and it's very very good hoop dreams totally it's shown on film four a lot and it's really good mm. which is pretty good as well what is it is it um um scrambled egg scrambled egg and a bit of avocado and a bit of onion god that's done dusty you hoover that up quick just in a hoop dream review there you go well thank nice. you so much for this week's movie news david not a problem movie tips sorry movie tips movie tips movie news the whole shebang check out hoop dreams very very good oh mandy oh here we go here we are she's been hiding in that box why is she in that box she's been repaired has she been sent back to the warehouse why are you in a box mandy have you been repaired because you you shouted at me on tuesday evening she said because you shouted at her on tuesday evening I didn't shout at her. I yes, just, in a helpful manner, raised my voice. You shouted at me. She's sucking up all the electricity. I didn't feel comfortable coming out of the box. She keeps right. plugging herself in. In all honesty. She said she didn't feel comfortable to come out of the box. No. This podcast. No. Well, I only said, to, at the moment, energy bills are very high, and she keeps plugging herself in. You know, we're going through a Ukraine-Russian oh, uh, dilemma at the moment. And it's having she just said, sod off, Tosspot. Yes. Right, if that's the case, keep away from my adapter leads. Keep away from my adapter leads, my plugs. Simple as that, do not use them. Do you two like one another or not? No, no. It's a love and hate relationship. There's no love here. I don't like being exploited when she knows that my energy bills are high. I don't like being shouted at. She herself in. Mandy, do you like David? Yes, I can't help myself, I do. She just said, yes, I can't help myself, I do. I can't help myself. I like you. You know, have a few volts on the house. Go on, have a bit of electricity, but don't take liberties next time. You're handsome. You know, simple as that. Yes. David Edwards, Random Movie Generator.
Right, so this is the random movie generator section, David, where... She leaves me very confused. I don't know if we're lovers or haters. It's, it's a I think she feels the same way. Simple as that. Let's move on. So, this is where you get to... Ch I really hope you find... Oh, so do I. That sounded like hell, that last mo movie for you. It wasn't as bad as Peter's Dragon. Peter's Dragon depressed me. It was like a low-budget 70s BBC. I wonder why. I wonder why that had that effect on you. It was just like overly theatrical and it was just very, oh, I don't know, quite lazy in places. It was just, uh, I don't know, you know when you're like ill at home and you've got a fever and you're having to watch daytime TV, it felt like that. Mike Rolls said, who's watching in the uh, chat, I tried the pink wafer sandwiches on David's recommendation. Very unimpressed, like eating sugary air. Yeah, that is it. That's the experience, sugary air. So if you don't no. like sugary air, you're not going to like it. No. Okay, here we go. So, David, the first of the movies, potential movies you might be watching next week. Take your time. I always feel like you find what you want when you take your time. This is the genre of the first movie. Stop. Thriller. Okay. This is the year, the decade. Please choose the decade. Stop. 2020s. Oh, that could be very good. And we generate. Mandy has generated four movies, four thrillers from the 2020s. She's spinning them around, and now it's David's time to tell her. Press the button. Oh, sorry. Stop. When to stop. Press the button. Nobody. Okay. Now, I've wanted to watch that for a long, long time. It's by one of the directors who made John Wick. And it's an interesting take on the John Wick format in the sense Bob of Bob Odenkirk. So you've got like this average 40-year-old man, Odenkirk, yeah. who goes on a kind of uh, John Wick-esque uh, revenge spree. Oh, really? From a, like, you know, it's almost as though you've got like, uh, I don't know, uh, Clark Griswold from... Um, vacation do you know what i mean your average homer simpson figure you know what dad. i think you'd i reckon you'd love that yeah i think that. i would i really yeah. want to see that badly yeah. okay. that's on my like netflix list okay I'd really second like movie please choose the genre stop western hmm please choose the decade stop 2010s okay and we generate mandy has generated four movies four westerns from the 2010s she's spinning them around now it's your turn to tell her when to stop stop press the button lawless Lawless. Is that with Guy Pearce? Oh, no, no, that's with um, Shia Booth and Tom yeah. Hardy. Yeah. Oh, right, okay, that, that's interesting. quite good. Yes, it is. Interesting. Who These directed are that? Uh, don't know yet. Don't know yet. Okay, that's, that's interesting. That's supposed to be a good one, that is. Okay. Okay. And now let's choose. So far, so good, I yes, reckon. Yes, it is. They are good so far. I'd be up for any of those. 
Now we choose the genre of the third movie. Please tell Mandy when to stop. Stop. War. Oh, there can't be a bit of war. Now please choose the decade. Stop. 1980s. Okay, now that could be good. And we generate. Mandy has generated four war movies from the 1980s. She's spinning them around. Please tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. Come and see. That's like a Russian-European one, isn't it? That's supposed to be a real classic. Wow. Yeah, it is. It's like a young boy on the front cover, isn't it? It's like a young... Yeah. Um, it's that Second World War kind of European, kind of like sort of Soviet Union. Okay. So, here we go. We've got Nobody, Lawless, and Come and See. I've given each movie an A, a B, and a C. I've jumbled them up, or have I? Or haven't I? Or have I? Are you going to choose A, B, or C? Come and see. There we go. Okay, how are you feeling? Uh, out of the three of them, that's probably the least one. Nobody. That would have just ticked my box completely. But having said that, come and see, it's very respected. I think out of all three of them, come and see is the one that you get lots of retrospective articles about in Empire and stuff like that. David? Yeah. Here's, here's a review, first review I've found. This okay. is a movie that can very easily haunt you long after seeing it. Oh my God. It's got amazing reviews. Let's have a look. What, 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 is it like in the 90s? It's the 80s, isn't it? Oh, no, no. I mean, in, um, in the reviews type of thing. Is it kind of like, um, come and see, uh, like in Rotten Tomato, what, what percentage it's getting from the reviewers? 90%. Wowzers. Okay, that looks really good. And as effective anti-war as movies can be, come and Audience score 95. Do you know what? When I worked in um, Blockbusters, I used to always see it, but I never picked it up and watched oh, it. David, David, David. All oh, right, right. Can I, can, I read, can I read what people are saying in the YouTube? Oh, yes. About come and see. Right, you ready? Yes, 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 please. Mike Rolls says, oh, that's a tough watch. Robert Hammond says, oh, Christ, that's a depressing film. Kay Blackie says, oh, man, that movie's fucked up. Dr. Greggle says, great film, good selection. Robert Hammond says, good luck. Kay Blackie luck. says, wow. Dr. Greggle says, great film, but tough viewing at times. Di Anderson says, I'm worried this will damage David. Robert, Robert Hammond says one of the bleakest films David will ever watch. Shit! We're doing another pod tomorrow, David. You gotta watch it today. Oh my god, I've just suddenly realised that. Flipping heck. That's only just like um, registered in my brain. Well, yeah, I'll be watching this tonight then. Simple as that. Come and see. God, there's a lot of people watching. It's good of people to, um, you know, keep with us, even when we're talking about bloody Horlicks. 
Um, that's a real reaction, and also it's impressive all these people have seen the film. David, I can't wait to hear what you've got to say about this. God, I've, well, I'll definitely be... Um, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, it's the reviews. Quite amazing. War, mystery and thriller. Eline Killamoff, 1987. Yeah, I'd be fascinated with this one. And also the audience... I know, so I do apologise. Nothing worse is there. I do... Well, David, I can't can't wait to hear what you've got to say about Come and See. Thank you so much today, David. Uh, Are you up for answering some questions from the patrons? Absolutely. I definitely am. The poster looks very foreboding, doesn't it? Just a young trooper Mm. with a dark silhouette. This is no Pete's dragon. No, absolutely. This is just uh, Pete on his own without a dragon. That doesn't make any sense, but you know what I mean? It's just kind of... um... Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much, people, for listening. Um, Right now, we're going to go to Patreon. Patreon's got some questions for you, David. Thank you. If you like listening to the pod, please like and subscribe and leave a comment and a nice review. It really helps us on our way and puts a spring in our step. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, um, you know, watching. And And numbers um, are building, aren't they? Our listening numbers are building, David. Which is lovely. Fingers of blooming cross, sir. Fingers cross and everything yeah. else. That's just a lovely feeling. It's a dope Can you imagine here. if this started getting like big listening figures and people were hanging off every word of yours? Just be, as I say, wonderful. I think that would probably freak me out after a while. I'd have to start remembering names. I'd have to have like some kind of crib list, like a, a film glossary laminated on my walls because I couldn't keep Googling names of, you know, Forgetting, you know, what that bloke Tom, you know, Cruz is called or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Because some of the names that slip out of my head are quite worrying. So I'd have to um, sort that out. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Um, but let's go and answer some patron questions. Thank you, everyone. Bye for now. Au revoir. Thank you for your time, people. Thanks.